What's up? And welcome back to another episode of the McCarter Gets High podcast, your source for all things plant-based medicine and laughter. I'm your host, McCarter, joined by my producer, Schiller. Today on the show, we have Aaron Shaw, a cannabis industry professional for the last 12 years. He oversees some of the largest acquisitions and mergers in the cannabis industry today. He started one of the first 10 dispensaries in Boulder back in 2009. The connections and insight this man has are incredible. This episode is a goldmine of information. We talk about the cost of pounds and weed prices, and how they differ between different seasons, between summer and winter. We talk about how you need to have a reliable and loyal trim crew because or else they can be an inside job and they can steal and rob you. And that isn't even scraping the surface of the range of topics we discuss. So buckle up, grab a pen and paper. You're going to want to take notes after this quick commercial break because this episode is one of the most informative cannabis podcasting episodes in existence. Terrapin Care Station is hosting an epic giveaway for 420. One lucky winner will win one full year of cannabis products from Terrapin and their partners. You must be 21 or up and live in the state of Colorado to enter. All you have to do is follow them on Instagram at InstaTerrapin and fill out the form online at terrapincarestation.com slash 420. Yeah, so I owned a dispensary back in 2009 when I started this cannabis journey and had a store on Pearl Street Mall called Boulder RX. And we were a little medical store with 30 lights and just uh, producing some really high-end stuff. And we, so dope. Yeah, so, so cool. So we modeled our business after Cam and Callie, and that's a, a woman named Anna Cozy. And so she was growing the best weed on the Green Mile. And I went and saw her growing all these OGs and the Prez Kush and the White and all mm-hmm. these all these badass strains. And she was nice enough to kind of help me produce that model of these boutique shops that are now going nowadays and selling those high-end eights. What else do you, what have you done since then? Um, so yeah, since then, I um, recently started, or about six years ago, working with a guy named Christopher Steffen, and we started a company called Cannabis Capital Advisors. And what we do is we do- merge- Go check them out. Yeah, check us out, CCCA. <laughs> um, and what we do is we uh, do licenses and mergers and acquisitions. So we sell cultivations, extraction labs, dispensaries, and brands all throughout the U.S., right? We primarily are focused on Colorado, California, Pennsylvania, um, Michigan. So we've got deals, and I think we had just had a deal come up in Massachusetts and Vegas. I'm selling a big store nice. and grow in Vegas if anyone needs a big store and a 40,000-square-foot grow in Vegas. Yeah, um, get in touch. So, yeah, <laughs> so I started that, and we've been probably selling 20 to 25 deals a year. Um, since we started. And recently, what we've really been our main goal and why I got in this was to bring the best cultivators in with the big capital money markets out of Canada and on the public side. Because I'm sure you know those guys. I'm not going to name names, but man, is it fucking mids. And yeah. I mean, I wouldn't yep. smoke it with any of your lungs. We call it garbaggio on a stick. Yeah. And <laughs> we just, we're like, we tell these companies they got to step up their game. Yes. And, and the worst part is, is they actually will look at you in the eye and tell you they have good weed. And so it kills me. Oh, and because because you're the, looking at it and it's like crumbling in your <sighs> fingers. Oh, Emily, it like literally these they've actually convinced the staff and the people who shop there that it's good weed. And the whole it seems like everyone in 
It's like uh, they're drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> it's like, how much are they paying you? <laughs> That's exactly right. So I was like, dude, this is not cool. So we're trying to bring- This is not cool. Yeah. yeah so we're bringing some um, really high-end cultivars out of Colorado and California to these multi-state operators um, yes. as consultants or as you know, getting equity percentages to come on the team and bring their strains because these guys all think they have the strains. Amazing. But as you know, you either got the strains or you don't have the strains. <laughs> and everyone's like, no, no, no. These strains are pretty solid. And I'm like, no, they're garbage, man. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so and really- it might be ignorance too on a part of like the staff and people that don't know that haven't even tried or seen. I mean, but then there's the internet, and it's like you have to be seeing what other people are doing. You do, but these guys who run the top companies, they're not looking at Instagram and they're not True. smoking the oh, weed. Oh yeah, I'm like I know? look at Instagram all day. <laughs> Yeah, so really, they're just- They are not looking at Instagram. (laughs) Good point. Good point, Aaron. Which means they'll just keep growing this garbage. And it's really terrible for the guys on the East Coast who are buying $60 to $70 eights in Pennsylvania and Chicago because they can't, they're going to have to go to the streets until these public companies who own all these licenses figure out that their weed is just not that good. Mm -hmm. They're going to, it'll still be high priced and they'll just focus on production and biomass. Yeah, what's the process like? So, will will the smaller cannabis companies come to you and say, "Hey, we want to, we want, we need more capital to upsize to scale up," or are you reaching out to them? Like, how does it work with your process? Um, so, a few of the smaller guys look to me for capital to buy another store or to get vertical and buy a cultivation or get a kitchen behind them. So, I love doing that just because it, once you get these guys vertical, they can make an extra. 10 to 20% pre-tax from what they're already making. As an average business makes about, who's not vertical can make anywhere from 10 to, let's call it 30%, but more guys are at 10% that are at 30% because they're just not, mm-hmm. they, unless they're in that really good sub-market where they can hold their price high or they have the really good brands who get good wholesale flower deals, they're paying too much for their flower and they can't make any money. So for me, I'm trying to get them vertical or I'm, they're going to call me and say, will you roll me up? with three or four other small guys. Oh, a and, roll up. Yeah, so they're saying come with, I'm not going to mention names, but they're, you know, smaller little guys at a boulder in Breckeridge. Yeah. And maybe f- this way they can probably increase their value from one-time gross revenue to anywhere from one and a half to two times revenue just because they're part of a bigger thing. So I can actually yeah. get their way more money for their value because these guys have put in five, 10 years of their life, their blood, sweat, and mm-hmm. tears every day in the garden or at the store. And they even bud tend some of these guys, these operators. Wow. So, and is it is that the access? Do you think that's an access issue that you know these connections and they just don't know? Well, it's that they don't really know the valuations because there's really no metric. True. Right now, everyone says I'm worth X and everyone thinks they're worth crazy amounts in the cannabis industry. And here I am trying to tell them what, you know, it's really going on here. And so for me, I'm either saying, look, you need to go and either go public and get more stores and then go public yourself, or you need to be acquired and cash out and try to get a, you know, a high multiple now, just because as you know, with 280E, it can take these guys five to 10 years to make the money they would just cashing out right away. How, how is there a problem with people valuing themselves like incorrectly? Is it that, why do they think they're worth more than they actually are? Um, because they read the headlines in MJ Biz Daily and they see these cra- crazy <laughs> transactions. And you got you have guys like last year- Like selling to Canopy Growth or something? Exactly. Like Medicine Man last year paid all these you know high prices for acquisitions. And then you look down the road and you see every- 
business now in Colorado thinks their acquisition criteria were worthy when really they're just a one-off dispensary that's doing a few million that can't demand that top sellout price of one and a half to two times revenue because it's really just not worth that because it doesn't have the scale. These public big guys need the capital on their balance sheet. So a two to three million dollar store isn't gonna, isn't, it's not doing anything to affect their bottom line. Wow. Because the average store only does two to three million. So it's just hard in the space to, to get that closeout price unless you're part of a, something bigger or unless you have a badass location in a very limited licensed county. Like Fort Collins, for example, is worth way more than stores in Boulder, for example. You know, so now, but there's places like you can go open. Emily, you could go open a, a dispensary in Boulder. You go open in Commerce City. You go open in Broomfield. So there are places that you can go apply. Like, what would your advice be to a, you know, a smaller business owner right now that's looking to expand their operation? You know, I would tell them probably to apply in one of those towns, or I would tell them, you know, go to Michigan or Massachusetts where it's open licensing and you have to get host agreements from the towns. And it's easier to go there than somewhere like Pennsylvania or Ohio where you'd have to buy your way in or be politically connected. Or yeah. have, because now- Or really finesse the license application. Well, like to get into New York, you're going to be going up against Derek Jeter and the Jay-Zs of the world. And you better have, wow. you know, badass cannabis team behind yeah. you. With so you know, $20, $50 million, you're better off going to a market like Michigan or Massachusetts or even trying to go to like Pagosa Springs or somewhere like Aspen where it's open licensing and be better than these other guys. But like you go to Aspen, who the fuck goes and buy, you, no one's buying an ounce in Aspen. They're buying a gummy bears yeah. and maybe a pre-roll, you know, and the bud, sen- <laughs> and the bud center sends them on their way. So it's really just, you got to be a careful. A gummy about- bear yeah. and a pre-roll for the tourists. <laughs> exactly. So you really got to be careful because you see these guys try to go to these high-end neighborhoods and think they're going to crush it. And really you go to the Green Mile if you want to buy weed in Denver and yep. you go to a cut above and you, you know, you go to the Wolfpack. Yeah, a cut and, above is yeah. good. So, I mean, it's it's hard to find. You see these cultivators, they vary, you know, and one day you're like, man, this weed is the bomb bomb. Like, I am so blazed. And then the next week you're like, man, this shit is mids, man. Look at this crow's feet, man. I got brown leaf on here, man. And, I, you know, and that's the stuff you just give away to the people. I'm dying. So it's crazy. Look that these crow's feet. Yeah, so it's like the crazy, the variance of the level of weed, even on the top shelf. From facility to facility in your experience, like how much does something like lighting or what the type of soil they're using, obviously it's all relative and it's so it's so hard to say, but when a grower is moving from place to place, to, are they like, I demand this type of lighting or something? Well, well it's really interesting uh, because you could take a guy like Peaceful Choice in Boulder, who one of my neighborhood shops that I yes. think has the best weed. I They're, love them. Shout out to Peaceful Choice. Yes, yeah, so like their grow, Mike Abrams and Marissa, they keep it real and they're going old school because they're putting their money into their store and their employees and making sure they have the best weed. They're not getting the best lights and still their weed is really fucking good. It just might not have the crazy bag appeal that let's say Snacks Land and, yeah. you know, Lost Cause and Indico and a few of the other top brands might have. I, but like, I've been seeing guys like Soy Cubano come out with different consistency. So it seems like the tech is just changing because now they're doing yeah. those pearl balls. 
You know, yeah. she used to see just like the Frenchy cannoli hash or the old school greenery hash, uh, the Moroccan hash. Yeah. And like that. Frenchy, I met yeah. him in Vegas and did his whole hashish experience. I was like, you're amazing. I love you. Oh, dude. Frenchy's supposed to do a collab on my shoe company with Fly Soul Shoes. Fuck yeah. So oh, yeah. We do got to talk about your shoes eventually. Well, yeah. We're doing um, hemp uh, yes. based shoes out of Mexico. And so selling cool. them to consumers all over the country. And um, we got to get both, well, both of us need a pair, I would say. Uh, y'all have to have a pair. We're actually just reduced the price. And you can Sweet. find us at flysoulshoes.com. Maybe and, I can get my own promo code. Dude, you could definitely get your own promo code. We got to <laughs> order them through Emily. Don't order them through the site. Okay. All right. Exclusive order through me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now a sales rep. <laughs> Hey, you know, in the weed game. No, but you got- yours are so dope. I love the trippy print. Well, it's like very psychedelic. So, yeah. So, each one is one of one. So, each is unique. And right now, um, we're trying to get them all made out of hemp sourced from Colorado. Right now, we're sourcing all over the country. But um, okay. nine cannabis professionals got together. And I ended up being at a cannabis conference with Peter and watching this guy sell shoes literally off his feet. Yeah. Uh, and he's very it, charismatic. Yeah. yeah. So it blew my mind that people were buying shoes and I thought it was just kind of be a, a weed thing. And then I realized shoes are always hot. I mean, I've never it's been, always what kicks you got on. I mean, I've never been told I'm the most fashionable guy. I mean, I like to think I am <laughs> in my own mind, but he's wearing, um, a, a very cool, uh, dank by pink shirt, but it is a it's a graphic tee, I would say, and some cool I don't know grayish <laughs> sport shorts, but they almost look like they could be kind of khaki. They have more structure to them. Well, I'm trying to professionalize my look because now it seems like in the, yeah in the in the industry, like people know that I blaze all day. Wait, I, I love the Under Armour socks <laughs> peeking out of. <laughs> The shoes. Well, you gotta, you know, sometimes you gotta be comfortable and you, go function over You cannot fashion, get you know? blisters. Like, I can't have that. I mean, we gotta keep our feet warm. And you never think that a guy can just come in the market and penetrate the Colorado market and get on the top shelf. But since the demand has spiked up so high and tourism's coming back and people got their stimulus checks, um, yes. you, can't, you can't keep the weed in stock. But it happens every year. And I had a discussion with Mike Abrams at Can I Make It Happen? Or sorry, Can You Believe It? Oh, For, forgive me. What and, a name. Um, and me and Mike, and he looks at me and he says, Aaron, you know what happens every year. And I said, yeah, I know. People smoke more weed during the summer. Everyone's getting blazed. Yep, he's like, all the time. Yeah, he's like, dude, the traditional market is out of weed. So you can't, like right now, I'm not going to say my sources, but I'm having to shop commercially because the traditional market Damn. right now is out. And not to mention all the outdoor flour was sold. So the Los Sueños, all that, all that stuff when the concentrates and all the big Pueblo grows, they actually sold their outdoor weed as bottom shelf weed. And now all that's gone. Oh. So because of that and the traditional market being out of cannabis right now, the prices have uh, risen about 30% on the wholesale side. So the commercial like... Indoor growers can make can charge more. They can, even though you wouldn't think that the price of, that outdoor being gone would affect the indoor price market. It's yeah. a really a little known fact, and it's like these cultivators just got to wait till April. If they can wait and hold out till March or let's call it late March, early April, yeah. they're going to command another thirty to 
around 30% on their wholesale pounds. That's cool. So people like the market and Alpenstash can yep. now charge more. Exactly. Shout out to Harry and Nick over at the market and Murr at Alpenstash. We Stash. love you guys. Um, y'all are, these like guys like that, in my opinion, are why I'm in the game is to help yes, people same. like that. Like, Ugh, because, homies. you know, like to see MKT get on some badass shelves, you know, such as Lucy Sky and, you know, Meadows yeah. and some cool stores. Yeah. Um, like for me, that's what it's all about, you know. Like totally. that goes back to the trim table, you know, and fucking doing it right, you know, in Colorado and actually trying to bring the bomb weed to the patients, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, You're it's speaking to my soul right now. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. Like those guys, like they're not, they're in there every day and running those grows and checking makes, on the babies. Yeah. I mean, the quality control that they're putting on their pounds. I mean, they have to make sure they're competitive and matching the quality of some of these other growers. And they are, and they are. Yeah. Which, you know, you never know who's going to be able to hit that level and maintain that level. Yeah. Now it's crazy. The consumers, I feel bad because like I actually talked to someone randomly at a bus station. I don't know what the hell I was doing there. <laughs> um, and uh, I think it's because I work downtown. And uh, You're like, I like, just found myself uh, at a bus station well, no, talking th- to well, someone. Well, I think I was, I probably was parked my car there. I'm sure I was doing, I think I was blazing outside and there happened to be people at the bus now that I think about it. <laughs> But and you're like, oh, this yeah. is a bus stop. Well, and this guy was smoking weed, and I was like, yo, man, where do you shop? Because you have to ask people. Yeah. I want to know what's going on. You got to talk to the people. Of course. So this guy <laughs> told, yeah, this guy told me he shops at Native Roots. All right, and I, I sold my store to Native Roots. We're Red cool, Jordan. you know, and I respect so. respect Red, but you know, like if you're going to Native Roots, you need to be buying the Veritas, or you know, yeah. you need to be buying the bomb shit. You're not going to go buy Native Roots weed unless you're a tourist. Yeah, you know, I mean, unless you're like, oh, give me the little yeah. pinner joint packs. Of course, you know, I mean, I would probably not share that joint with you, or I'd fake hit it. But yeah, I, you know, like. <laughs> People are gonna people are gonna go where the SEO is yeah. and where they you know where these big companies are. It's yeah, really and sad. Native Roots has a really good handle on their their dispensary marketing for like just like what the actual outside of the dispensary looks like. They do. They've got a pretty good model. They do, but now. You know, you see guys like Colorado Harvest who have selfie check-in stations and yeah. Google review booths next yeah. to the next to the Very place. High and tech. It's gotten to be now where it's all about the loyalty programs and it's all about getting Google reviews. Yep. And it's the the store. SEO. Oh, the store layouts are becoming insane. Like you have to have a fucking waterfall or a fish tank just to be <laughs> a fucking cool store. You know, and I thought you just had to have the badass weed. Like when I opened Boulder RX, you put mm-hmm. a fuck you put some drapes in there, you throw some glass jars and on wooden shelves. And you, you know, you're good to yeah, go. I mean, a 14 or they had, you know, that's what they did. They yes. had a little wooden shelf and they sold, you but know. They, they have a fish tank. They do have the fish tank at Martina. <laughs> they do have, you know, so they, they've, they've gotten, oh you know. Oh my God, the fish tank. Yep. So now it's like, you know, everyone wants to be a community and you got to have that strain for that person or else, you know, you're not, it's just hard, <laughs> hard to accommodate the bridge customers, the soccer moms, the fucking 40 year old dude who needs to have the best weed, not saying I'm 40. And, <laughs> uh, and the guy who is, um, who wants to be on Instagram saying he's got the hot Zaza. So <laughs> it's like, it's hard to hit every mark, you know, like, oh 
You go to some stores like a Joya and you're like, you know, I'd get a vape pen here if I was a soccer mom. Yeah, you know, totally. You know, and then you go to a cut above and you're like, dude, I'm getting an ounce and I got to come back for eight grams of these concentrates. <laughs> yes, you're you like, know? I'll be back the next so, day to max out. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's really the variation of dispensaries. Like there's really only probably I would say eight boutique shops, maybe 10 in the whole state. And either you're on that list and you're going to each of those places to get an eighth every week or you're not. And you're mm-hmm. trying to be on that list and you had some bud tenders or some customers tell you you're on that list and you should just go mass production or sell your dispensary, in my yeah. opinion. What do you think then about like mass producing somewhere that has no good growers at all and like people don't have any access really besides what people are importing in, whatever? It's like, because they're still getting it to more people. They are. It's just that I don't want to see people smoke stuff that's been sprayed with pesticides. Facts. You know, because in Colorado, you're allowed to spray, but you can't spray after a certain week and you can have a minimum threshold, you mm-hmm. know? And so you got, I'm not going to name these big names of companies, but they- um, No names will be named. Yeah. Only some names. I mean, sometimes you got to drop it, but like they're, <laughs> they're going for, you know, they want to get two grams a watt and they want to get a hundred grams a square foot. And whatever it takes to get there, they don't care. So for me, yeah, I, I like that they have access. I just, I hate, unless it's being extracted into distillate, I feel like it's unhealthy for these people to be consuming the amount of cannabis that they consume from these companies. I'm just curious, like, how do you know all this about cannabis? Um, so I'm at in all these gardens every day working with the cultivators to make sure that the level of weed that they're bringing, I can charge the price that they want to these shops because these mm-hmm. shops rely on me to give them the correct price to where they can charge that to the patients. So for me, I've just seen so many guys cut corners and spray illegal sprays or bring in genetics illegally or whatever they're doing. Oh yeah, lots you know? of that. So I, I've seen them, they, everyone's trying to figure out their own mousetrap and be better at it than the other guy. But what I've noticed about cannabis is, is really, if you're a really good operator or you're, let's say you're a badass basement grower, you can convert to being a business person because there's so many suits who are going off spreadsheets and performers who are never going to be able to execute and to be able to, because they don't realize it's a culture and they have, just because they have SEO and Instagram doesn't mean they're going to necessarily be a badass dispensary. How do you see the future of cannabis? You know, I'm a little concerned and and excited at the same time. So (laughs) I'm excited that, you know, there's more brands and strains are coming in. And like now you're you're not going to see Girl Scout cookies in Northern Lights. You're going to see an offshoot from Seed Junkie and Archive and Loving Her Eyes of some badass genetics that are crossed together. And so the THC percentages are going up because all these really good strains are coming together and the resin content is insane. I mean, I was hanging with Green Dot Dave the other day and he was literally, <laughs> he was he was mashed a bud and the buds were sticking to our fingers. You could actually yes. hear the resin breaking apart from each other. Yes. A lot of times the weed looks good on the outside, but on the inside there's no resin. Yeah. And we call that the pretendica or the garbaggio on the stick. So <laughs> The pretendica. Uh, these so, names. Uh, so yeah, so like- I'm excited because I'm seeing weed get oh, to another level. Yeah, well, Adam from Numb Nuts, we're gonna have to <laughs> shout out to Breckenridge Organic Therapy and Numb Nuts. Uh, that's the CBD and THC roasted nuts. Go check them out at Peaceful Choice oh, and Boulder Wellness. I want to try uh, that. I've never even heard or thought of something like that. Well, Cushmasters is actually producing it for him. Oh, dope! And so Josh Rutherford and Adam Weiss got together, and um, it's actually Adam's baby. And Adam and Carlin, 
and uh, they've got this really cool nut. So if you need these nuts, go these down, nuts. go down to Num Nuts. Everyone needs a nut. Uh, oh so, um, yeah, they are actually selling like crazy down there. Next thing I know, I'm eating numb nuts as my edibles to go to sleep as yes. food as like my shit. And sustenance at that point. I mean, sometimes you guys it's just- It's good protein. I mean, you guys just take it back to the nut. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so I am excited about the future of cannabis, but on the, the, the reason I'm concerned is because- a, you can't get in. The limited license states are now, such as Pennsylvania and Ohio, are all big corporate cannabis. They're all listed publicly. The Green yeah. Thumb Industries, Cureleaf, Ianthus Capital, uh, Verano. And they're all now kind of consolidating these companies. It hasn't happened yet in Colorado. The only big deal that went down in Colorado was Medicine Man and Starbuds, as well as Green Solution and Columbia Care. Mm. Those are the only big public deals that have come to Colorado. So- I guess what I'm saying is I'm a little fearful that it's going to be a commodity, which I guess it kind of already is, but yeah. it's going to be, you might not see the five to 10,000 square foot warehouses producing those 40 light rooms, yeah. you know, cause like that was the original thing that Anna was doing at cam. And that was how, we, you know, she was able to bring that's craft, like exactly. You know, and that's Craft what the market, and, and that's what a lot of Alpenstash and like the guys we were saying are doing. Yeah. But I just worry that might go away because the price keeps getting driven down because they're um, the states are allowing more companies to come in. Yeah. So, so it's flooding the market. So you've got these watering techniques, which I won't mention names, that are changing the game. <laughs> and so what's happening is they're producing such crazy yields, and they are able to do it on a scale. That I'm worried these five and ten thousand square foot grows might get, you know, not pushed, not swept up, not pushed out necessarily, more just have a hard time holding their position. Yeah. But if they keep the quality, then it's like, how can these other big people compare with the quality? Well, it all depends on consumer preferences, which is what Goldie and City Sessions is always working on. True. And it's like, are you gonna go to the shiny package that people are talking about? Or are you gonna say, all right? This guy's got this bomb OG that may not test as high. It may not have the, you know, may not have the coolest company name, but man, like it's, you can take a guy like um, Space Monkey, for example. Mm -hmm. No one knows who they are. They're just about to hit the scene in Colorado in 10 days. Ooh. Okay. And no one, it, we, you need people to understand that that weed is just as good, if not better, than a brand or a package that they saw on Instagram, which a lot of times, I would say probably only 10 to maybe 20% of the Colorado people are really educated consumers in my mind. Yeah, I agree. Like I'm seeing things in the cannabis game now that I never dreamed of seeing, you know, like before it was those distillate pens and now the solventless pens that are hitting the market, like I might hit a pen if like I was yep. desperate at a show. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Whereas before that wasn't happening. Yeah, totally. I know. And I just, it's, re it's really hard for me to especially thinking of what I used to consume when I didn't know any better. And now I'm like, I will not hit distillate. Oh, <laughs> it's crazy because there's not enough distillate in the market because edibles are taking over a bigger share of the market. Mm -hmm. So there's actually a distillate shortage right now Really, on the market, believe it or not. Because but can't you just make, aren't people making more like rosin gummies? They are. Rosin gummies have been big, like the dialed in gummies and the so Nokus. Yeah. They've really, it's it's going to, I wonder if it's going to impact the Wanas of the world. You know, you wonder. Yeah. But um, right now, the, what's happened is there's so many oil companies making shatter and wax. They're taking up all the trim. Okay. Or yeah. the trim is being sold in the dispensary as shake. Okay. Yes. So there's a shortage of trim, which means there's going to be a shortage of distillate thereafter. 
So interesting. So I get hit up more for trim than I do for flower, which is insane because Whoa. I mean, I sell flower to probably 50 stores from 20 cultivars and every day people are begging me for trim. What? Yeah, it's insane. Uh, but the fresh frozen market has dropped because now everyone's doing fresh frozen and, um, yeah. you know, there's just, there, there's more selection for the green dots and the violas of the world to pick what fresh frozen they want to who do they want to get from? Right. To make like the live resin and stuff. And the rosin as well. Because now it seems like if you notice the switch from hydrocarbon to solventless, it's yeah. almost like, I mean, it's the the gram price has gone from 40 to 80 or 40 to 60 to 80 right. average now just because of that switch. Because yep. everyone, everyone wants to think they're smoking the purest. Yeah. You know? Yep. And so, and everyone's lining their cones with the rosin. Yeah. And now for a quick commercial break. Have you tried out the Tar Cutter Bong Filter yet? I have been loving having cleaner lungs since I've been using my Tar Cutter, a coconut carbon filter that cuts 93% of inhaled tar from bong rips. Use code TARFREE420 for 55% off your Tar Cutter until the end of April. Check them out at tarcutterlabs.com. So Cecilia Gilboy, I'm giving you credit. I met uh, you met me after I sold my business. I met you at the coffee shop with the garage on what's the garage coffee shop? The cup that used to be there with that snob, snotty owner. Um, you wait, know all these Boulder coffee shops think they're wait, the shit and the best coffee. Wait, under helping hands? No, this was uh, down um, next to Trill um, on oh. 16th. So oh, anyway, yeah. Cecilia met me there. I just lost my car keys there the week before I got so blazed. <laughs> what, I an, what an error. Uh, yeah. So, um, so I met Cecilia and I'm like, Cecilia, I sold my business. Like I really want to sell weed because she was the first weed distributor that I knew of yes. besides Steve Morris at um, Regulated Cannabis. So Cecilia is like, yeah, I'm selling weed. And at the time, I, it wasn't really a booming wholesale market like it is now. Like now there's probably... 300 independent cultivators that are selling flour to the 800 dispensaries oh, here yeah. in Colorado. So when I met Cecilia, yeah, she's she like- Yeah, should have stayed in it. I'm yeah. like- <laughs> Well, she's like, you know, I'm kind of doing it. I kind of just do it as my thing. And I was like, well, Cecilia, your thing, like I'm trying to like make it my thing, you know, and work with you. <laughs> yeah. So I actually offered a partnership oh. with Cecilia. She's like, you know, I'm kind of writing. I'm getting married to Andy. Yeah, she and was trying to do the she, writing thing. She was like, I didn't mean to do this. Yeah, so, <laughs> and so I actually moved back to Florida and started selling weed from Florida as I was nice. working, uh, selling steel, believe it or not. I switched into the metal game for a second. Steel. Um, yeah, they had me in a fucking suit. I was doing CrossFit. I was gelling my hair. What? Yeah, the next thing I know, fuck? I'm you know, taking Adderall and Ambien oh just to get through God. the day. So, uh, so yeah, I moved back. The mental picture uh, right now is incredible. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you got to get to work wow. to sell metals at 7 a.m. You have to take Adderall and wear a suit. It's oh, a, yeah. It's a requirement. Oh, next, yeah. Yeah. And I told him no on the hair in gel. I did. In Florida. Uh, so, yeah, that's where my parents are from in Hollywood, Florida. So, I'm from Hollywood. Uh, yeah. So, um, Florida. <laughs> So, yeah, so I was like, you know, fuck this. I'm fucking, you know, importing metal and selling metal all over the country. I'm going to sling some pounds. Uh, so, next thing, yeah. yeah. So, I started selling some pounds with 14er and getting 14er in nice. those cans like five years ago into I stores. I still love their great. Uh, I, I haven't been there in a minute, but. So, yeah, shout out to Evan for helping me get in the game. 
And, so um, and then I was like, you know what? I just got to work for all these companies rather than one company because A, I don't want to smoke all the fucking same weed. Let's yes. be real. Okay. Same. And, and B, these cultivators, they don't, they don't have the payroll to hire sales staff. So for me, I can just charge them yeah. you know, a consulting fee. I was going to say, it's all consulting, yeah. baby. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I charge them the consulting fee and then they pay me and you know we have a long-term relationship. And now- That's nice. Like, well, I'm trying to be the anti-brokerage because all these guys are charging you know, a point or like crazy taxes to these growers. Yeah. And then they lock them in to where they can't sell to these stores without these brokerage companies. Oh my companies. God, that's fucked up. So me, I said- It's like, we're your managers. You can't- do any deals yeah. without us. And that's pretty much it. I'm not going to name who those brokerage companies are, but you can look them up. I'm uh, sure. And me, I, I operate on a handshake and I say, I'm going to get you in these badass stores and bring you to a top five brand. And everyone thinks they can get to Snacksland, green dot 710 status. Yeah. You know, and everyone has big dreams and my goal is to help them all get there, but- Keep chasing those dreams, y'all. I mean, but how many top shelf cultivators can you really have? I mean, because as a as a store, you're going to have three gummy brands and you're going to have three to four top shelf brands yeah. and maybe five was, to six if you're a big store. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, yeah, some you can only really have like five to eight at the most. Like Yeah, but like a guy like Cuban Crew came in and they, they ended up getting into Eclipse and it really helped elevate their brand. Mm -hmm. But if you go to Commerce City, you might be able to find their weed cheaper at the Crystal Leaf store. But they were able to enter the market just because they had some really cool genetics and they were, weren't spraying any pesticides. And that was like their stick. Yeah. So shout out to Faustino and the Cuban crew. Sometimes if you're just fucking doing it right, people will see that. It will. It just takes being in the right stores mm -hmm. to see that because if they don't get the exposure, you know, because like a lot of these guys, they'll um, try to increase their top line and they won't, they, let's say they'll, they'll buy a pound for 2000 and they'll sell it retail for 2500 and with 280 you don't make any money, but they're just doing it cycling through pounds wow. and they're not elevating these brands because it's you know, the guys who are buying it are just buying it to sell it or they're just, you know. So, but it's like, why wouldn't they you know, like double or try to like double their profit or, or whatever, you know, like sell it for four grand a um, pound. Because they're going to move weed probably 50% slower than they would. So the whole oh. goal is for them to sell out of these growers so they can keep the relationships and keep the price low with the growers. Oh my but God, they're, so weird. But they're trying to increase their top line revenue because businesses are bought more on based on top line revenue than they are on the actual profit margins. Can you explain the difference of those two things? Yeah, yeah, so like it's a lot of business talk. Yeah, so we're going high level weed shit today on McCarter Gets High. High uh, level only. Uh, I mean, I know how, oh, I know we only discuss high level things on McCarter Gets High. Yes. I know that. <laughs> uh, so like so for example, if you own a grow in a store, okay, and you're producing, let's call it two pounds per four by four, which is a little above average. The average is about a pound and a half per 16 square feet still in the industry to today. If you're producing that you can make 20 to 30%. So an average dispensary does 3 million. You'll make anywhere from, let's call it uh, 600 to 900,000 pre-tax. Then you take off about 60% for taxes. And in that six to 900 grand or in that 20 to 30%, you're still able to pay yourself a salary on top of that. So right now businesses are being bought. Like you have guys um, that have big super stores and they will buy edibles for $5 and sell them for $7 and only make two or $3 because they want to have more high-end revenue or more top-line revenue showing on their balance sheet and on their profit and loss statement. And that way, when I sell their business to, let's say, Curaleaf or you know, Verano, 
they're going to pay more because it's showing they did 20 million, even though they only made on the 20 million, maybe a million and a half to 2 million, they still did 20 million. They're going to be able to command a higher sale price or an exit because of that. So that's not the game. It's all about the exit. (laughs) It is. And like, you know, you wouldn't like, it's, it's kind of cool because the patients get to get cheaper stuff because the guys are more concerned with their top line number than they are with actually making money. So that's why you'll see a store with lines out the door that I wouldn't shop. I wouldn't buy your grandmother weed there. I wouldn't smoke <laughs> a joint with anyone in line there. All right? But at the same time, people are going there because they're like, dude, this is where I get these eight, $10 Juanas yeah. or whatever it is, the infused for eight bucks. And I feel like they're, I feel like when you're talking about this, I'm picturing a lot of places in Denver, just like dispensaries you would drive by, like right. on Colfax yeah. or Broadway, or the Green Mile, like you're saying. Yeah, like, like Golden Meds, you know, and, and those type places. And, you know, they'll have some high end cultivators and you can find good stuff, but you're probably going to get it cheaper there than you are, at, let's say, a Lucy Sky. Mm-hmm. You know? Like a boutique. Exactly. Because those guys don't have the purchasing power. They're buying one to two pounds, where those guys at yeah. Golden Meds will buy 10 pounds and probably get 15% off what the other guys are paying. Right. Because there's really a variation. You would think the wholesale price for, let's say, Nick at the market and Lizzie, you would think that everyone would be paying the same amount, but they have certain stores that are buying more that they have to. Yeah, that they're like, cut me a deal. I'm buying 10 pounds. Exactly. And you, you never, the biggest problem in cannabis right now is the post production because the weed's getting old. Yeah. Okay. And the harvest dates. So you'll look at weed that's really fucking good, let's say. Keeping it in its prime. Yeah. Yeah. And like occasionally you'll see them store it too long in the turkey bag and it's brown. You know, so these guys need the cash flow. So for them, they'd rather sell it to a a guy with a 10-pack who needs it. And so they'll actually just keep the cycle going to get to the next harvest. Madness. So that's been a major issue because now everyone's gumming up the weed because they're letting these stupid trim crews come in and handle the weed. So now, unless you have your own trim crew, you're probably not going to be able to hold that top shelf look of bag appeal. Because you've got these trimmers that don't care who are getting paid by the hour by totally. the, or by the pound, even worse then they're just, we call it the cartel shave. Uh-huh. So they, they come in and they just gum it up, yeah. you know? And I'm like, and I go in there and I'm like, I actually help these gardens. I show them there's now a new can of brush that people are using from gas pack gardens. Oh. And so I'm helping show these guys, yo man, like you can't, you spend 17 weeks, you've got this beautiful weed. And then all of a sudden I'm like, dude, like it just went from badass weeds to mids. It's like, that's on my coffee table that I'm giving. That's giveaway week. Yes. Now. Yep. Yep. I feel you. Oh my gosh. That's so interesting. So what is the like shelf life, I guess, for uh, most it all de- It depends on how they're storing it. Like guys okay. like Indico, they use these big brewing glass um, jars and they could fit two, three pounds in there. And that, as long as they burp it and they're actually temperature yeah. and humidity controlled jars. Oh, that's cool. So, so that's like what I'm doing with my home grow. Like it's just putting it in huge mason jars, like the one you're drinking out of. Yeah, Emily, just for, just for the record, she gave me like a 50 ounce jar over here. I mean, I do have permanent cotton mouth, but damn, this is the biggest glass of water I've ever seen. I didn't want you to run out of water while we were conversating. <laughs> I I have pulled over at many 7-Elevens in parking lots getting high, getting a Gatorade. Yeah, you're but- like, I need it. I can't go any farther. <laughs> Actually, I think that's, did I meet you at the Mason Jar event? I couldn't even get a Coke there, you know, but they they were serving, I think it was a Green Dot event. They were serving crab legs (laughs) and 
<laughs> I was like, who smokes a joint and eats crab legs? And I remember I was so blazed. And that was actually where I met Goldie at City Sessions. And yes. I got so blazed from Green Dot Dave's dabs. I was walking on my phone and I actually fell in a fucking ditch. Um, really walked, walked right into a ditch in front of about 50 people. Um, and oh my I sprained my ankle. Um, and... Um, and I remember I went home to eat pizza that day because I was like, man, like I'm not eating crab legs with my joint. So uh, anyone putting on a weed event, Coca-Cola, maybe some bowls perhaps. Oh my God. I think actually Numb Nuts did a catering. Uh, are you seeing a lot more um, social events come up with pairing? Are you seeing that, Emily? Yeah, I am. I'm happy about Like, I mean, I love events. That's how I meet all my friends. Totally. <laughs> Well, it's crazy to see the cookie strains popping up with different cultivators growing them. Have you noticed that, Emily? No. So now, you know, they're having different people grow them and the, the strains have gotten out. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I'm sorry. I misunderstood. Yes, yes, yes. I have. So at first, Mike and Veritas had a lockdown on it on Colorado. Yes. And now they're actually, the cookies weed was in such demand that cookies actually contracted some other growers. But even mm. though some of the contracts didn't happen, some other people... Maybe there was a pair of scissors in a Ziploc bag in the garden, I'm wondering. I was just going to say, people just sneak a trimming. Like, they just take a little clone. And they do, and they can even take it off the flowering plant, and they can just be really sly about it. Wow. And re-veg it. So, I mean, it's, I did not see, think I'd see more cookie strains coming out in Colorado under other cultivators, but they have. And I'm not going to say who's better, who's worse. I'm not going to get into that game. Well, don't they have game. to like change the name slightly, though? They don't. They actually kept the names because what? They're yeah, just like no shame. There's, there's like, ways. That, there's just yeah. We'll we'll because, leave it at that. But that I mean, everyone knows it's like that's not that's not your genetics, right? Like yeah. But the thing is, is we we me and you think everyone knows, but we're but, in the industry. But people don't. So yeah. you know, like people go to Vegas, all right, and they go to Cure Leaf. Okay, yep. that's where they shop when they can go to Planet 13 and see 50 cultivators. Yeah. You know, just because they have no idea where they're going. It's the same reason why people go to live well and, you know, the native roots of the world. Yeah, totally. Wow. So I guess it took me like almost four, yeah, three to four years of working in the industry to understand all of this. <laughs> it's it's a lot. And I mean, I like now it seems like that um, people are starting to catch on, but- now it's all about what brand you can put on your coffee table. And um, you know, everyone thinks they're smoking the best shit just because they go to that store and they've been yeah. brainwashed by that bud tender because they, you know, totally. they got some swag or they got some loyalty points from that store. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you shop where? <laughs> you know, so MJ America, no, nothing, no, no, no disrespect. <laughs> what was the first time you got high? Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I haven't recorded in a while. I'm forgetting everything we do. Oh, uh, no. Really good question. <laughs> Um, my first time, so I was a big sports dude and, um, sports. yeah, so I was the pitcher back in the day and I remember me and my dudes, uh, we went behind the baseball fields. I think I was, uh, right around 12 years old. Behind the dugout. Yeah. You know, there's only the hotness. And I actually stole the roach from my dad. We grandfathered about six roaches together from my dad's yes! stash. And, that's an OG move. And I mean, now it's like, I mean, that's desperate times. Desperate. Um, but I rolled, we rolled these together. And uh, and I remember we were like, oh, we couldn't believe how cool the field looked and the trees. And we were like, dude, we we're like, do we even want to play this game? <laughs> and, and I'm supposed to be the starting pitcher for this game. You're like, let's like, just look at the nature instead. Well, so I'm dumb enough. So I go pitch. And next thing I know, I'm throwing, I'm hitting the umpire. I hit like five batters. <laughs> oh. I 
I literally, oh yeah, they pulled me from the first inning and they're like, dude, you're done, man. Like, you can't fucking hit the broadside of a barn over here, man. Like, <laughs> you're like, what the yeah. fuck happened? Yeah. And I'm like, dude, man, I'm like, I feel great, man. I've never felt better. Like, this, <laughs> like I'm, I'm in the game. So my head yeah. is in the game. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't even know what strain it was. Like, it was like, for all I know, that was probably that blue dream OG. Oh, yeah. You know? And yep. so I just, um, and then I like, I was like, man, like in Cal- in Atlanta, like you would, you'd get a dime bag, and next thing you know, after it's dry, it's a nickel bag, and like you were just hoping to get the blueberry from Colorado, and, you know, pay that. <laughs> yes. You're paying back then sixteen hundred a quap, so I mean, and it was hard to make money on sixteen hundred dollar QPs, I can assure you. So oh you just smoke God. it with your buddies, and everyone throws down. I mean, do you remember those days? Yeah, it was hard it's days. Like, yeah, it's like we gotta get some weed. Like we gotta. And someone's like, oh, a, a new shipment's coming in. I mean, I'm from St. Louis. So people, someone would be like, oh, someone's driving back. Like, I know someone who's driving back from Colorado. Like, do you want in? Like, we need a, like a couple hundred dollars or whatever. Like, the fuck? And I was like, sure. Like, well, like mom, dad, can I have the 20 for, <laughs> for like, you know, well, 40 bucks short? <laughs> well, speaking of St. Louis, are you following what's going on out there, Emily, in the cannabis scene? A bit, Yeah. So Terrapin Care Station is actually going to go out there yes. and cultivate and have some stores out in Kansas City. and um, Yeah, they're making moves. It, they are, and they're actually in Pennsylvania as well. But And, in, and I thought Michigan? Um, and, yep, they opened a grow in Grand Rapids. So, yep, they've really gotten to that yeah. MSO status. And they have a really good uh, like social equity They program. do, and they just take care of their people. I actually worked for them for a long time. Shout out to Chris Woods and Terrapin. Oh, um, yeah. So I love those guys. Dude, they're actually— um, they think they might be the sponsor for this episode. Uh, well, if y'all are the sponsor, Terrapin, I got <laughs> I got mad love for y'all. Y'all helped me on the East Coast and PA, and y'all yes. have been my people for a long time. Chris helped me out when I didn't have much weed on my shelf, and he would oh. spot me and throw me terms to put on my shelf. So That's I got so much dope. love for Terrapin. But I th- want to say they do a lot of— um, they do a lot of work with like the Boulder Theater or not Boulder Theater with the Fox and they sponsor a lot of concerts yeah. and they help a lot of musicians. They're just, yeah. they're doing things differently over there at Terrapin. They're plugged in to like actually the community and being like, we want to do things right. They are. And I really think they're going to help the patients in Missouri because when pounds came out in Missouri, the average wholesale pound for a pound right now in Missouri is about $3,800. So they're actually going to go in there and try to bring affordable um, medicine to the patients out there. Wow. So it's like we need people like Terrapin to go into Missouri yeah. or else the price is going to be insane. They already have stuff like dialed in and like have systems in place. Yeah, because what happened was these guys built these multi-million dollar um, facilities on the investor money based on a performa and some grower from a basement telling them they could hit three pounds of light. So yeah. a lot of times they didn't, uh, I actually know of four or five growers in Missouri that didn't pass testing and they're going to have wow. to call me to sell their licensing because they're cash flow poor because they spent five, 10 million on a facility and they can't sell any weeks. They can't pass testing for microbials. Oh my and That's actually God. a big issue. Are yeah. you familiar with what's going on in Colorado with yes. the microbials? Yeah. Like the, I heard like no one passed, like the regulations were too high or something or like. Well, so what's happening now is there's a, a machine called the rad source machine. Okay, so what's happening is, is this machine is able to, it doesn't touch the weed, it goes through on, on top of the turkey bag and it makes, it gives it, I don't know the exact term, but it, the way, the, once it goes through this machine, it actually takes the microbial level down to where it's under a passable limit. So now if I'm a small oh. grower, I have to call you and rent your machine and put my pounds under there. Yeah, for, how much are the machines? So the machines are two, anywhere from two hundred and fifty to $400,000, depending <laughs> on how big you want to go. 
So what's happening is, is the state is now, uh, that's another reason why the price of wholesale has gone up. It's because a lot of these guys, um, their weed is too wet and it's not dried out and it's not passing testing or it's um, it's got yeast in it because the buds are too big or whatever. And it's, got, it's not passing microbials. So that's also causing a shortage on the market, which is terrible because if you're a small grower, you don't want to buy this machine. And I don't want to smoke weed that's been through the machine. But at the same time, me and you, you can't taste it. Even if it's been through the machine, you would never know. Yeah. But you have to, it's the only way to ensure that you're going to pass testing Wow. is if you have this machine or if your facility is so clean and like you can, they have to wear scrubs, they have to have yeah. these rubber gloves, they can barely, they have to use a mouth guard, like they can't breathe on it. Totally. A lot of times because the trim bin and the trim scissors are dirty and they'll have the cleanest grow and they dirty it up in the post-production and yes. they won't pass. Post-production, so many issues. Even though it's clean weed. Yeah. So it's crazy that you bring in this trim crew who doesn't give a fuck who's looking for their finger hash or you know whatever they're, <laughs> they're looking to do and they're gonna and they'll cause failed testing. So wow. it's been a major issue. But right now in Missouri, there I mean the price is you're gonna see about a two or three year runway where it's gonna be sixty dollars an eighth for these patients. Whoa. In Chicago right now, um, my buddy at Revolution Cannabis was telling me that they're ch- he's got people who are charging $80 an eighth for his product. Oh my God, way too high, way too high. Is that just gonna be an ongoing problem with these new markets? Um, so it all depends on how many uh, cultivations they license. Yeah, because- how many license. It's like what the state decides on like, yeah, how many licenses. Yeah, because like in Pennsylvania, they, they allowed 12 cultivations, okay? For 60, it was originally 81 stores, okay? Well, and it depends on like vertical integration too. Exactly. Right? And they, a lot of these guys, the verticals don't want to sell to the other stores. Wow. So if you're a big MSO and you get granted a vertical license in Utah, you're not going to sell to the other dispensaries yeah. in Utah. You're going to hoard the weed. So, it's so just- wait, do you know what a vertical license is? So in case you don't know, a vertical license is when you have you have all three of the components, like the growing, cultivation, the processing, and the dispensary. So it's fully vertical. It goes through all three. You don't just have a cultivator that's trying to sell to a different dispensary or whatever. Right. So usually what they do in these limited markets, they'll allow, they'll give about 20% of the licenses away to the verticals. And those are usually the most connected guys with the most money and the yeah. best cannabis resumes. Because that costs in the, most states. the most money to set up and buy all these buildings and build out. Exactly. So a lot of these guys are bringing on real estate partners and that's been a big thing. Like innovative industrial properties will build out the cultivations for you and they'll buy the properties and they'll lease them back to you so these guys can free up their capital. Okay. That's a big game right now. Wow. So- um, the price is going to stay high in Missouri for probably two to three more years until they allow more cultivations. But at the same time, guys like Terrapin who did it right and built out these facilities, like, and they're and if they go big enough, then they don't need to allow more cultivations. If guys, if they allow guys like Terrapin to know what they're doing, mm-hmm. come in and bring the price down a little bit. But the problem is, is you got these guys. Uh, these investors that want to see the price stay at four thousand a pound forever, so they can you know c- yeah. keep collecting their checks. Yeah. So for them, they'll try to lobby against home grow. For example, oh you see a lot of these limited God. license states, the, the actual THC license holders lobby against home grow. So that's fucked a, up. a hidden secret that no one talks about. So they're actually and they're actually lobbying for less licenses. Well, isn't to it come in, out in Florida? You can't do home grows. I think it, I believe you're right, but in Florida now, I gotta give a shout out to my boy. Mark Sad and Goldleaf. 
So Gold Leaf is actually going to go down and bring a lot of the Cali brands into Florida. Oh, so you're about so Florida right now is being dominated, as you know, by True Leaf. Yeah, and my dad goes in there and pays four hundred fifty dollars an ounce, and they say you want an indica or sativa. Okay? Oh my god, are and you fucking kidding? Literally, me? and they have one of each, and literally, like I wouldn't smoke wow. it with your lungs. Like literally, like we call that. I mean, that is fucking bullshit on a stick. Wow. So yes, paying almost five hundred dollars an ounce for. You don't even get to choose a strain, like nothing. Or, and, and you say, "Well, can I?" They say, "Well, I'm on the loyalty program, and they give you a free beanie." You know, literally, oh not my even a discount. God. So, I want to like spit in their face and be like, "Fuck you!" Right, but you got now. Gold Leaf's going to come out there, and they're going to bring some badass growers from Colorado. I can't name who, and they're going to go change the game down there. Sweet. And it's it, it just took years. You know, and because these guys don't, they don't have the money to build out these facilities. They have to get backing behind them. Yeah. Let's let's say you're a young person right now, just trying to get into the cannabis industry. What segment would be the best, or what segments would be the best places to start right now? Where's the most opportunity? You know, um, it's uh, a lot of these guys can start a rosin or a solventless lab for a few hundred thousand. And they could create a brand that could go license in other states. Like Soy Cubano, all of a sudden is licensed in Michigan and somewhere else. And they were a small two-brother company buying fresh frozen from me five pounds at a time yeah. last year. And now all of a sudden they're in multi-states and they're in some of the best stores and they're getting a few million bucks. That's awesome. And they're crushing it. Now, I would also say that as a, as a guy who's just trying to get in the space, I would say go work at a grow for one of the best guys like Green Dot or 710 and really learn the business. Yeah. Then go either open your own cultivation or it's it's less capital intensive to open a store. You could go to an open licensing state like Michigan or Mass and open a store for a few hundred thousand dollars. So that, and you know, and borrow money from your friends and whatever, you don't need these big investors. So that's what I would tell you to do, you know, rather than you can come and call cannabis capital advisors and buy a license from me for a few million. But in license, how it works is you buy it for half down and half carry. So you could actually mm. buy a license for half the price of the license and carry it out over two or three years. But I would tell you to probably go to the East Coast and try to get in, or maybe even Oklahoma. Because if you're dude, better- Oklahoma's hot. Dude, Smoklahoma is crushing <laughs> it. They are. So, I mean, oh like, because you can buy three ounces. Yeah, you buy three ounces per store. It's like Snacksland out there. They're killing it. Uh, because like, if you're better at this than the other guys, I'd open, if I had time, I'd say me and you, Emily, go open a store in Oklahoma. Let's fucking do uh, it. And we could go fucking crush these idiots because everyone and their mother has Make a six a few lighter. Millies. Oh, dude. Like, you talk to the guy at the gas station, he's got a six lighter. You talk to the, you talk to the guy sitting with you at Outback eating a cheesesteak, he's got a store that he built for 50 grand. Amazing. You know, so like, and you, you can stay open all night there. You can have an all-night drive-through there. So we could just blaze out, Dude, sell weed out of the, the window. The laws are you know? insane. So, but it's you, the Wild West. Yeah, but you wonder what's going to happen when New Mexico and some other guys recreationalize. But New Mexico, they had that weird plant count thing, so everyone built small gardens. Mm. So New Mexico is going to be fucked for another five, 10 years. Oh, really? I the, didn't even know about this. Yeah, there was a 36 plant count. Uh, limit fuck? on New Mexico. Is that a joke? Uh, so my boys at Green Dream, Reed and Travis, went out there. It's like I and, popped thirty seeds. Oh, dude, it's this year, and I'm like the most basic home grower. Like, oh, dude, these plants were twenty feet tall, and they were vegging them for you know two, three months just to <laughs> just to have get decent yields, and they were putting one plant under a light. Oh my god, um, they're like, let's get it as big as we can. But recently, my boy <laughs> Willie Gardner, plant daddy. 
our at Plant Daddy, he like is bringing Dro Cannabis. Dro, I used to work with them. Yeah, so he actually is cultivating out in New Mexico and trying to, he's actually bringing scale because the patients out there are getting so screwed because of the 36 plant count. People only built 3,000 square foot gardens. Yeah, wait, so, is it per patient or like per, per business? Per business. Now that oh just lifted, I want to say that went to like 100 or a few hundred plants, but it was- Because doesn't a cut above where you can like, Give a medical dispensary your plant count. You can, but um, yeah, you get to grow six plants for them. But a lot of guys are playing the extra plant count game here in Colorado. Are you familiar with that game? Isn't it where I mean, you like tell them you they can have it, but then you do your own. No, so this is there's about five doctors. Remember uh, Camerata back in Netherlands? He was prescribing you instead of a sixty five dollar med card, you can go to these extra EPC guys. We call them. Oh. And you go there and you can buy a medical card that allows you to grow 24 to 48 plants oh, um, okay. or even 99 plants at your house and it allows you to buy an, a pound or two pounds at a dispensary. So you, I didn't know about so, this. So what happens is you got a guy that's, um, you know, will pull up to a dispensary and go and buy a pack and they put it in their trunk and then they go to the next door and they'll, they'll literally drive out of Colorado with five pounds. And they, yeah. That was the whole Sweet Leaf issue oh, back in the day. yeah. But Sweet Leaf was looping where these guys- That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah, these guys are doing the EPCs and it's driving the medical price up because the medical gardens are small in the state because yeah. the medical stores, the average medical store only does about a million to two million bucks, mm-hmm. you know, unless you're a cut above or one of the, you know- Like per year. Exactly, per year. So you rely on these extra plant count guys to come in and that's the way you can go from a million to two million to wow. five to eight million by selling to these guys who can get Oh. But it's but that therefore it drives up the price of medical. Wait, wheat. so are the guys that are buying that, are they taking that out of state most likely? I mean, Emily, I would say most likely. <laughs> okay. I would say I'm like yes. just so we're I mean, on the same page. I mean, I smoked a pound last week, <laughs> but I mean it's hard. So um it can be uh, done, but I mean it took a lot. I had to call Mike Abrams at Can You Believe It. I had to call <laughs> I had to call Nick at the market. I had to call everybody. Um but no, it's a the EPC game is very strong here and they're actually I need to look yeah, into that more. I didn't even know this was a thing. But the government Governor is actually talking about cracking down on it, oh. but it's actually just been a gray area, you know, the whole time. Like, we love those gray areas. Yeah. So I mean, it's a hard business. You know, the cannabis industry is yeah. a grind, and you know, all my buddies think we're, you know, I'm smoking in my car all day, listening to Alice and James, and, and yes. I am. All right, but <laughs> that's what same with people are like, you just smoke weed all day, and I'm like, well, I mean, Boulder is an interesting place. So there used to be 63 stores in Boulder, and I want to say like a hundred grows. And now there's 23 stores in Boulder that do 80 million in revenue. And I want to say only 40 something grows now. So they actually Whoa. took out a lot of the old school guys. Whoa. Yeah. That's sad. It was sad. They couldn't comply. I mean, they they didn't like my warm-up pants and my long hair back before I had when I had my hair. And like they they did not um they wanted it to be people that were they wanted to be a certain type of person with a certain financial statement. And they've uh, kind of yeah. now, but you have seen a few stores open up, like Eclipse opened up, and you know a few other yeah. stores opened up out of nowhere, and they didn't maybe have the millions of dollars, but they found a spot that was zoned correctly, which is very hard to find. Yep, zoning uh, is so hard. Yeah, what's the problem with zoning? Why is it challenging? So you can't have more than three dispensaries within a thousand feet, and then you can't um, 
you can't be too close to a school rehab facility. Any uh, of like all and, these things on a list. It's like daycare, so, school. So we call it a moratorium by de facto because <laughs> normally like a lot of the, like Denver, for example, you couldn't go open a dispensary in Denver because you'd have to buy a shitty store from me and then move the store location, which would cost you a million dollars just to buy a paper license. Oh okay? my God. Now in Boulder, you can open, but- you can't like if you the the places that have opened like Eclipse they had to open in a hospital parking lot on Ninth right. and Alpine you right. know like it's in very like the basement it's like hard to find exactly so you rarely will see a, a location like in downtown Boulder you have to be either in the basement or like on Helping Hands up top yep second you know? level so you can't therefore Pearl Street's out so if you notice there's pockets you have that 55th yeah. Arapaho pocket and, and then the, the Village Green is right off of. Exactly. There's Pearl, but like not on Pearl, kind of hidden. Exactly. So it's just- Tr- they, Trill is second level. Exactly. So they, they've really um, made it difficult to enter, even though they say we're open for business. It's like, you know, like we got, I say I'm fashionable and, you know, still have hair. So <laughs> you know, we, all, we all can say things. It's, yeah, it's by design, like difficult to find, I would say. It if is. If you don't know- where to look or, you know. Right, which makes it even harder for these stores to compete. Yeah. But, and all the advertising constraints, which is what I mainly deal with. Right. Like, I think they, um, you remember the all the adopt a highway signs yes, in Boulder? It's still so big. So now I just heard that you cannot, if you're in Boulder, advertise on that. And that, I mean. What about all those dispensaries and brands that have their stuff there right now? Well, There's one right by my house. Of course. And they just, this literally just happened two weeks ago. And this is what? how it works in Boulder. You know, like it's, uh, they, it's always a new challenge, whether you, right. you know, like as I, how I was big on my guerrilla marketing. So every waiter I'd give a, you know, a, a gift card, a free joint, whatever. And now that would be considered illegal. And and wow. I and I, I would lose my business license for that if I was soliciting in that regard. No way. Yeah, I mean, we used to. I used to sit outside of grow houses and wait for the growers or the bud tenders to get off and give them free weed, and that was kind of how I got my clientele. You know, Amazing. and nowadays they they really make it very difficult. Now you have to have your Instagram or whatever on point. Yep. Have you been hearing about like the consultant game and like the um, you know, built how these people are contracting out people to consult? On their on their gardens in these limited license states, a little bit, not too much. Please, please tell us. Well, basically, everyone's a consultant, right? Okay? Oh yeah, I knew and, that. And they, I'm uh, a consultant, of course. You know, I I like to think I'm a very high level consultant. My friends might tell you, you differently. No, you are. Um, but I um, what they're doing is these guys are designing out these facilities and they're bringing their strains and they're bringing their SOPs out. And they're promised all this equity and it goes both ways. I've seen it to where these guys who are really good are going in there on consulting gigs, giving up their whole formula, yes. their whole mousetrap. Wait, I dated a guy who this happened to him in Oregon. Oh, really? Yes. And now he's back in Netherland. So it happens all the time. But then because it's the guys who are really bad at this, who are doing these big facilities, they're actually giving the guys who are good at this, they're, they're, they're basically screwing them out of the industry. Yeah. And it's the... It's it's a it's a major major problem right now in wow. cannabis. So because these guys will get paid, they'll pay them on a bonus structure of pounds per light or grams per square foot or grams per watt. Now it seems like grams per square foot is now mm. the the metric that most of the big guys are using, but they're paying them based on that, and they're not if they don't hit the mark or whatever, you know, they have an issue with the team, they're out. 
or whatever, but there's, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. I would say probably half the consultants, maybe 70% are smoke and mirrors. If I had to put a number on it. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. So many people are just fronting and don't give out your IP people. I did. I mean, without a signed, like, you know, equity, like contract. (laughs) I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Like I have some gardens that won't even let us in, you know, wow. because they're worried about pictures. You know, you take a picture in a garden, like you get shot nowadays. Um, not really, but they- In California, you know, probably, maybe. I don't know. Fuck. I mean, in California, they still like, I know guys who won't show locations of trim crews or of, of the actual garden. They'll still blindfold people to take them to legal metric gardens. Wow. Because they're afraid of a raid or like well, someone- well, they're afraid because there's been a lot of um, inside jobs yes. from these trim crews. That's what I've and heard. Wait, didn't this happen to Veritas? It did. And I think it was actually the people that installed the safe room. No I, I had way. Heard, I'd heard that um, the way they did it, like normally you'd have a steel door behind the safe room. And I heard it was just one piece of wood. And they made it to where if you could just, they made it essentially, yeah, they just got right in there. And I think they were actually wow. one. I, I, they might have. I don't think they got insurance on that, um, but oh it seems God. like people are actually getting insurance for robberies. But they're so these trim crews and the robbers are going right to the dry rooms, and I'm seeing it. It's a real epidemic in the industry. Thank God for, you know, the insurance companies of the world, you know, protecting some of these guys. But still, it hurts. Wow, that's so sad. Wow, there's corruption and bad people doing bad things everywhere. I mean, it went from the people just diving in the dumpsters for the stems and, and the buds to, to real criminal shit. And wow. it ends up affecting everyone, the growers, the patients and everyone. There, are there not like security crews at these operations? Um, I'd say some of them have the uh, capacity and financials. But not 24 hours, 24-7. Those smaller growers, they don't have that capacity. So they actually do motion sensor cameras. I got a buddy at Fresh and Champion Cannabis who sleeps with the camera at his phone next to him. No and, way. And when I'll be at his house, he'll be yelling at people because they're coming up and they'll, they'll try to fuck with the door and see what's going on there. So shout out to Champion and Fresh bringing the best Gorilla Glue to the Colorado market. Um, but they get they've gotten robbed twice because oh it's it's in, it's on a warehouse strip and all the grows are in pockets of, yeah. of this industrial part and everyone knows because of the cameras. So and the cops actually can't uh, chase you. I don't know if you knew that they actually do no. it. They started after Corona started. They said there's an anti chase rule because they don't want to really? have bigger issues. So my buddy actually the cops saw the guy. The guy ran and they still got away because. They just can't chase. Um, and the How cop, much did he get, a, did he he, get away with? I think he got like 10 pounds. And oh on a guy, who, you know, on a, on a grow, that's a big hit if you're only producing 50, 80 pounds a month. Um, so, yeah, it's that's a major problem with the industry. And I would say probably six or seven out of 10 times, it's usually the trim crew. So fucked up. Yeah, it's the trimmers, man. Just teeth the finger hash. Fucking don't gum up the weed and just fucking smoke that shit. Yeah. Uh and it sucks because it's like such a like a gruesome like li- laborious job, you know. And like you want to pay people top dollar, but it's also like sometimes it's not there. And well, now what I'm noticing is actually the good trimmers they get paid you know twenty to twenty five bucks an hour because people would rather pay them well. Otherwise, their harvest gets backed up and their weed gets old. Yeah, back to where we were going. I'm seeing a lot of old weed because I had a guy post production issues. I had a guy tell me he had five hundred pounds 
of um, of weed ready to be trimmed, but only twenty pounds trimmed. And and you know, and then I where is it sitting? And I go to Denver and I see eight guys in a car hot boxing. You know, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here, people? Uh, Jesus, everyone's just getting too high and not trimming. <laughs> you're right. I mean, trim the weed, people. I mean, oh uh, I don't think that's happening at Dank by Pank, though. I, I think they're actually trimming their weed. Oh, yeah, they I, are. They're are, doing good shit. Have you been seeing the marketer Alphenstash trim? Or any of those guys? No. As they, I mean, I, they must be getting it done. No, I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't see their weed getting old. Yeah, I don't either. There's, I think they stay on top of it, but I'm like, how do you find good, reliable people? I mean, you're not, you're certainly not finding them on Indeed. I think you, I mean, <laughs> I think you got to go to like literally. That's good. I, you're not going to find your weed. We got to put that as like the episode title or something. I mean, like, honestly, uh, what a lot of people are doing is they're going to like, like, I'm not going to give you my secrets on here, but they're going <laughs> to, they're going to places and hiring people out of normal conventional businesses. Um, and they're bringing teams from them because the industry trim crews, these guys, next thing you know, these trim crews are brokering pounds. Yeah, They're selling genetics. They're you know, everyone's doing everything. To, yeah, hustle a different way. They're not just trying to like trim and make the money. Exactly. Right. So it's, wow. it's, a, it's a major problem, but- uh, have There's you so much? Have you ever trimmed weed, Emily? I've trimmed. I trim my own weed. I've never commercially trimmed or like been paid to trim, but I just trim my own home grow. It's my third, third or fourth year doing a home grow. I'd heard that Ben and Jerry's is actually coming out in the cannabis game. Did you hear that? No, what? They actually are hitting the Colorado market in the next. I want to say Shut three the months. Fuck up. They contracted out with a local grower. Like we were talking about these licensing agreements. Yeah. Um, so they're actually going to be like, hitting hey, the market. They're like, hey, we love what you're doing. Can we make something happen together? They are. Which they're the first real mainstream company I've seen come out and that. do that. Although they, you saw Lagunitas. Did yep. something with Keep Cola, They're, which was cool. I really like their, it's like a hop, uh, like seltzer water with cannabis. And they're really good. I forget. Oh, it's called like lo-fi hops, I think. Uh, well, like all these guys think they can have the next best cannabis beverage and sell to Constellation. Yeah. That's like the new game. I know. And who the fuck- And I worked with Saria actually for a hot minute like with Keith Villa who started Blue Moon. Well, and uh, I mean, like for me is uh, not a big drinker. Like I'd love a good cannabis beverage. I'm just wondering like with the mushrooms or like with the psilocybin community, like will- Will that take off? Will the weed beverages take off? Because yes. like, if I'm a, I microdose, I don't know if I'm going to buy, Same. I don't know if I'm going to go buy a bunch of mushrooms, you know? Yeah. Cause like even mushroom people like us probably take tolerance breaks. I know totally. I, I know I do. Yeah. So I'm just wondering if that industry is going to take off and the weed beverage I industry. Definitely that psilocybin is the next cannabis frontier, you know, yeah. in plant medicine for people. So you think that, because I'm noticing like the stockbrokers and the lawyers and all these guys are asking me questions about it. Yeah. And the question is, is can they handle it and go deep enough? And can they, are they going to keep going back and buying more? I think, yeah, people are. Well, I mean, I have a bunch of mushrooms over there. <laughs> you can see that jar. Um, but yeah, I have a friend, um, Damon Michaels, who, did you know Ebu? Uh, yeah, I mean, they had a big exit. I want to say yep. that was the first real big exit. That was yeah, uh, it was like three <sighs> three hundred million to wow. canopy growth. Yeah, um, and I actually just went down to St. John where he lives and stayed with him and his girlfriend for a week. But he is starting. He has a new bu business called Midasin, 
And it's all um, psilocybin mushrooms. And they just had the first legal sale of psilocybin and other um, psychedelic mushrooms from Jamaica to their lab in Canada. Really? Yeah. Very I'll interesting. I'll send you all the information. I, I can wow. connect you too. We're, tr- we're trying to get him on the podcast. When he's in Denver next, he's going to be on it. That's really interesting. Yeah. And that I is. did social media for them when I worked at Grasslands. Well, can I give you my prediction for the uh, the mushroom industry or the psilocybin, I should say? I think that a lot of Colorado growers for cannabis are going to get in that game. Yeah. Uh, I think that there's- I want to try to grow after I finish. But you were saying a lot of of cannabis growers are going to get into psilocybin? I'm hearing talk like it's kind of starting to gain momentum. Next frontier. It is because these guys dealing with the MMBD and the stores and the purchasing managers and the and the and the trimmers. It's a lot. Yeah. And and a lot of these guys now are so business focused. And and these guys have gotten more sophisticated and more business minded, and they're seeing the momentum. And these guys want to be the first because they knew when they were in the first in the game on the cultivation and the retail side, they crushed it and they beat everybody because they were first to market. And now they're all kind of seeing the next step, and they're all kind of. A lot of these guys, the reason they're calling me to sell their business is they're burnt out or they've had partnership issues yeah. or whatever. And they're having you know inconsistency between crops or whatever it is. So they're kind of looking for the next thing. Because mm-hmm. a lot of guys went to CBD, I'm sure you know. Yeah. And I mean, I saw dreams and hopes just get flushed down the toilet. It was so sad. Really? It was I feel really like bad. the CBD market is so saturated right now in the U.S., I mean, I think if you're a finished good and you've got cool packaging and you're like oh, a yeah. cool, cool name. You gotta have good you know? packaging. Yeah, if you got a cool name, but if you're biomass or you're a processor or you're um, a hemp seed, uh, outdoor hemp seed guy. Yeah. Whew, man, I hope you're smoking a lot of weed and I hope you it was other people's money. Yeah. I do. Um, yeah, but, I know people that were like sitting on a bunch of biomass poundage trying to sell and <sighs> sitting on- like millions and millions of hemp seeds to try and sell to farmers across the U.S. I was seeing that. I mean, because remember um, the price for isolate, remember three years ago was 12000 a pound or 12000 a kilo, I'm sorry. And then I, st- I got in the game for one minute because, you know, I'm a broker and I had to see what happened. Yeah, you're remember, like, let's broker yeah, some hemp. Yeah, so I had to see <sighs> back, before my dis- back before my flower distribution got this big and I, I tried it just because... I wanted to see if I could sell a kilo. Yeah. And uh, anyways, a kilo. and you remember that meme with all the guys in the hot tub, all the brokers yes. selling, everyone's getting together to sell a kilo. And all these, we call them um, the rat bastards is what I call the them. Rat but, bastards. but anyways, um, they, uh, now it's at uh, four to 500 a kilo. So, I mean, that's three years. Yeah. So that sounds about right. Uh, Do I mean, is that similar? I feel like that's pretty similar drops for oh thanks for cannabis like over the past or I guess how, yeah. I guess it would depend on how many years we're talking yeah but cannabis was rebounded because um uh, about we two, love a good rebound yeah I mean two years ago I was selling indoor pounds I'll never forget for six hundred dollars for the worst stuff now, what granted it was garbage but it was in Colorado and it was a, it was a time but now and I was worried because all the Colorado growers had tiered up to the next level and went from eighteen hundred to thirty six hundred or six thousand to the tier three I got worried that all these new brands and all these new tier ups were going to cause the market to go down. But what I didn't take into um, account was the fact that the black market or the traditional market, as we call it, 
Or um, illicit market. I mean, I, 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 whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I mean, you guys keep doing your work, but uh, but <laughs> you're doing good things out there. <laughs> yeah, you're fucking doing the fucking people justice. So I realized though when they ran out of flour. Uh, the traditional market, the price will just keep that. It can always sustain because it used to be way to grow in the parking lot. There'd be 20 people at way to grow. Now there's yeah. five. Yeah. Okay. So the, the traditional market in the past three or four years has gone down because the cops are come taking out these growers. Mm-hmm. So that those guys are going to California or going to Oregon to grow. So even though people teared up in Colorado and got bigger grows, the, the price has been able to hold and actually go up. Also, Pueblo list issued too many licenses. So if you drive down a stretch in Pueblo- I was going to say, yeah. there's so many growers down in Pueblo. But you'll see now, like 20 of them are empty, you know, and don't oh. even have, maybe 20 to 50 of them are no longer in production. They actually lost their license and Pueblo issued a moratorium because they issued oh. too many. So that actually happened. So there were guys, I mean, it was Biomass City and everyone and their mother was calling me and I could have charged them, uh, you know, 300 pound for a consulting fee because people were so desperate. Wow. I would I would never do that, but it was it was desperate times. Wow. So they luckily went they luckily went out so it kind of regulated itself in terms of, you know, new the markets pricing. are so I mean not that even ours is a new market, but just like with the licensing and like these states trying to take like an estimate of like, okay, well, how many people are going to consume how much weed and how many people like, you know, licenses do we need to allocate for that? And like, sometimes the numbers are just so off and then like these businesses suffer and it's like, it's, I feel like that's so sad, you know, like. Well, cause they go in on a spreadsheet on a performa because some guy told them that it was 2,400 a pound. Right. So okay. they're not doing like the proper amount of yeah. like research. Once again, it was a consultant with investor money. I see that with 80% of the businesses that are being started. Wow. You know? And so that's why you'll have the, you know, guys who are good at this, you know, Cyril at Wolfpack or Cyril to cut above and Emmanuel at Wolfpack that are always going to be better at this than the, than the guys mm-hmm. who are coming in, even if they're on a saturated zone. Yeah. Totally. And then it's always going to even, you know, even itself out in one way or another. It does. It always comes back. Well, Aaron, thank you so fucking much for coming on. This was just one of the best conversations we've had thus far. So enlightening, educating, all of the above. <laughs> well, I have to tell anyone uh, out there, McCarter gets high. Um, this is where it's at. If you want to know anything cool, weed related, just like Woo! cool content, like with someone, no agenda, just someone trying to oh. bring out cool shit to the mainstream, which is so rare. Right. So, so respect for just doing it for the right reasons. Fuck and yeah, um, yeah McCarter gets high and feel free to follow me, Aaron L. Shaw 23. I'm changing my name to can of make it happen. But, yes. in, but in the meantime, um, Aaron L. Shaw 23, shout out to Numb Nuts, shout out to Peter Cannabis, shout out to Cam and Callie. Mm-hmm. McCart- Wait, what's your business called? Uh, Cannabis Capital Advisors. Yes. Um, and Cron X is my distribution system. Okay. And they can like, do you guys have a website at least? So, uh, cannabis capital advisors. Yes. Okay. Cron X, you got to just DM me on Instagram and tell me you need the fireweed and I'll hook you up with one of the best growers in Colorado. Um, okay. Well, uh, this is me DMing you. Get me the fireweed. (laughs) I got you all day. Uh, this, yeah, this this stuff we smoked was so good. What's like strains were these? Uh, this was uh, senior mints, which was an animal mints cross with, I don't even know. I'm embarrassed to admit I can't front. I I hate when people front and claim they know the breeder. No, that's Uh, okay. You uh, had one of the strains. That's 
Oh, that's good. But I can tell you there's some Braxton there. And that was the hotness. That's okay. And that's something I need. How do you spell that? Uh, so I believe it's B R A X T. Okay. And that's the um, the pre flower calyxes uh, okay. at the bottom of the nug. That is unbelievable. I'm going to, in my grow, I'm going to look for that. Hopefully I can <laughs> watch it like not even grow on mine. I'm like, great. <laughs> Oh, we'll come inspect. Well, we'll and if I need not, a proper inspector. Uh, yeah, maybe we just got to bring McCarter. McCarter growing that hot, hot. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, I do want to. Ha- okay. We got to talk about my own cannabis brand next time, or I'm going to call you. We can discuss that. I mean, I think the world needs personally to see McCarter gets high. And if not, no one's getting blazed. So, right? what are we doing here? I just think it would be so fun. Uh, well, we'll I talk about it. I'm sure there's many gardeners right now who are listening to this who want to white label it. So hit us up. Yeah, be the first to uh, yes, come please. get that. Please shoot me a DM and let me just do a little sample, and I'll just be like yes or no. Dude, that, if that shit doesn't sell out in two days, I'm not gonna say we fire, but we come up with a new concept, a new skew, yeah. and I'm telling you, this shit will be hot. Yes, right. I love you, man. Love you. You're the this best. Is, this is so bomb. Uh, I, I and we're gonna make your project come to life. Well, I can't wait, Mike Abrams. Can't believe it. Let's go. Can't believe it. <laughs> In case you didn't know, Terrapin is on the rise and doing big things in Michigan, expanding in Pennsylvania, and opening Terrapin Care Stations in Missouri, the first Terrapin dispensaries outside of the state of Colorado. Be sure to enter their 420 giveaway and check out my Instagram post featuring their special edition 420 shirts in stores and available through April. Do you have a cannabis brand looking to better connect to your consumer? Do you want to become a sponsor on this show? Do you want your own podcast? If you answered yes to any of these questions, send us a DM to the McCarter Gets High podcast on Instagram or email us at mccartergetshighpod at gmail.com and stay high. Stay high.